One morning, a pastor got a call to visit a dying saint in his church. The woman had gathered uh, with her all of her children that day and, and wanted the pastor to come um, and serve them communion and pray with the family uh, as she was preparing to say goodbye. And so he gathered with the family, they joined hands in a circle, and he prayed for God's grace to be experienced as the matriarch of that family passed from this life to the next. As the pastor prayed, he felt uh, his cell phone vibrate in his coat pocket. When he was finished praying, he stepped outside and listened to the voicemail that the caller had left. It was a member of his own family uh, notifying him that his first grandchild was about ready to be born. Uh, within a few hours, he received another phone call that the elderly saint had died. Consider this mental image. At almost the exact same moment when he was saying, goodbye, I'll see you later, to one of his beloved saints who was dying. He was also saying, hello, welcome to this world, to his very first grandchild. This is a picture of life that is the life of grace, from the cradle to the grave, from the very first breath we take to the very last. Songwriters uh, Keith Getty and Stuart Townend wrote the words and music to a song called In Christ Alone. And in it, they affirm that as followers of Jesus, our hope is built on the solid ground of Christ alone. The song includes these words, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. Think about that. Life's first cry to final breath and everything in between. Jesus commands my destiny. And this is the scope and scale of God's grace. Living in this grace, our life is secure. As the scriptures say, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And perfect love casts out all fear. Living with no fear of death is a secure place to live. This is the final message uh, in our series called Grace Changes Everything. So far, we've talked about how grace is God's all-reaching, soul-saving, character-shaping love. And so today, I want to focus on God's never-ending love, or we could call it grace even when. Uh, this is God's never-ending love for us that enables us to live and die well. In our reading for today, God reveals something of the highest importance. Uh, through the Apostle Paul, God conveys to us a message that can change everything about how we view our past, present, and future. Here's that message. Suffering does not separate believers from Christ, but actually carries them along toward their ultimate goal. Suffering does not separate us from God. Suffering actually carries us along toward our ultimate goal. One of the most amazing aspects of grace 
is the promise of God's presence and power for us when all else fails, even when our bodies fail, even in the face of death. And that promise is reflected in these words of Scripture. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The opening phrase sets the tone. Paul writes, for I am convinced. There's great force behind that word. He doesn't say, I really want it to be true. He doesn't say, gee, wouldn't it be nice if? No. Paul says, I am convinced. Convinced. Convinced of what? Convinced that by God's grace and through our faith in Christ, nothing can separate us from God's love for us in Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And nothing means nothing. Now that sounds a little bit like a statement Yogi Berra might have made, the famous uh, professional baseball player and amateur philosopher who said things like, when you come to a fork in the road, take it, and um, nobody goes to that restaurant anymore, it's too crowded. <laughs> nothing means nothing. I hope you understand, because when you do, that changes things. No amount or kind of suffering, shame, pain or fear, nothing in life and not even death itself can keep us from God's love for us in Jesus Christ. Talking about death is way out of style in today's society. Our society tends to glorify things like physical appearance, youthfulness, self-gratification, material possessions, wealth and status, but death no, we'd rather not discuss that. Still, the death rate hovers at 100%. Many today prefer to push the reality of dying and death to the sidelines until it becomes unavoidable. But when we treat the topic of death that way, we miss its profound significance for us as individuals, as families, and as the church. God is at work even amidst fear, suffering, and loss on our mortal journey. God is at work bringing life through Jesus, our crucified and risen Lord. As the people of Spry Church, we are Christians first and foremost. Above all, what, else, what, uh, what defines us is that we belong to Jesus. That means we share a certain unity with all who believe in Jesus and follow Jesus not only today, uh, but across the generations as well. And here at Sprite Church, we're also part of the United Methodist Church, a global connectional church with 12 million members in 136 countries. As you might have heard last week, the United Methodist Church uh, held a gathering of representatives from around the world in what we call General Conference. A General Conference is the only body that speaks for the United Methodist Church. It consists of a group of delegates half of whom are pastors and half of whom are lay people, and they represent the various areas from which they come. This was a special general conference in response to disagreement 
uh, over church teaching on human sexuality, marriage, and ordination standards for pastors. Uh, the conference met for four days of worship, prayer, and honest, difficult discussions. A plan was then approved by a majority of delegates to reaffirm our church's existing teaching uh, that according to scripture, everyone without exception is made in the image of God and is loved by God. Sex is God's good gift intended exclusively for the relationship of husband and wife. And God has established marriage as a lifelong covenant between one man and one woman. Some of the delegates at this conference and others throughout our churches were hoping for a different outcome. There are many uh, who are deeply disappointed and hurting as a result. Uh, I know people on all sides uh, who are hurting in different ways and for different reasons. It grieves me to know that people I care about are hurting. As your pastor, I want you to know that I'm here for you all. And I love you all. We might think that disagreement in the church is a new thing, but there have always been disagreements in the, in the life of the church, going all the way back to New Testament times. The church is the people, and wherever there are people, there are at least some disagreements. But this is crucial, and this is what I want you to hear especially. Our disagreements do not prevent us from loving one another. If you have questions about what any of this means, don't hesitate to reach out to me, and I would be more than willing to listen to you, talk with you, pray with you, or help however I can. Because of what God has revealed as his purposes for us in the Bible and in Jesus, our pastors at Spry will continue to support the teaching of our church, and, and this changes nothing for our congregation. Some may be wondering, does the church love me? Or my gay son, daughter, or friend? Is there a place for me or for them in the church? And the answer is yes. Yes, there's a place for you. Yes, there's a place for them. No matter what, yes, you are loved. You matter to God and to us. And that might not make a newspaper headline or go viral on the internet, but it's the truth. Our church's teaching includes the affirmation that all people are of sacred worth, created and loved by God, and all people deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Here at Spry Church, we'll continue to be what we has, have always been, a loving community of Christian people who think differently on many things but are united around our mission. We are committed to welcoming all people, reaching people with the good news of Jesus, forming disciples and spreading scriptural holiness and extending the love of Jesus to everyone within our reach. God's grace is available to all, absolutely everyone matters to God. After all, Jesus came for everybody. He came to show us God's way, and he is that way. When our world tells us, this is what you need to make your life complete, consider Jesus. He was never married. He was poor. He died in disgrace, abandoned by his friends, and condemned as a criminal. 
By worldly standards, Jesus just didn't measure up. Yet, Jesus lived the most complete life of all. A life completely devoted to his purpose of loving and serving, of being our Savior. And that's why these words ring true for Paul in the first century and for us today. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus came to bring us God. That means in every situation, every experience, we are not alone. God is with us. Jesus enters into our pain. He enters into our sadness, our brokenness, our questions and concerns and our confusion. He has tasted death for us and he has defeated it. Because of Jesus, our Savior, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Two of the best friends my grandparents ever had were Kenneth and Janet Benfer. They attended uh, the church across town uh, that my grandpa served for many, many years, now known as Yorkshire United Methodist Church. And Ken was a medical doctor who practiced in York. While we weren't related, uh, we called them Aunt Janet and Uncle Kenny because they were such dear friends, so close to our whole family. In fact, my parents tell me I was named after him. So if you're wondering, kind of an unusual name, where does this come from? Dr. Kenneth Benfer is the reason why. Late in his life, um, while he was in the hospital, uh, this time as a patient, he called my grandfather on the phone from his hospital bed. And my grandpa had visited his old friend not long before, but he made this phone call because as he would mention at the start of his conversation with my grandpa, he had something very important to tell him. And he said to my grandpa, I wanted to tell you that I am having an experience of light. I see light and it is radiant and beautiful. Shortly after this phone conversation and before my grandpa could make it to the hospital to visit him again, Dr. Benfer, Uncle Kenny, died. In his final moments here on earth, this man of faith and of science called to tell his friend that he had seen light. He had encountered something truly extraordinary and its power and its beauty was amazing. The light he saw was a sign that not even death could separate him from God's love. In fact, when his days here on earth had been accomplished, death became the way for him to encounter the light and love of Jesus for all eternity. This is God's glorifying grace. God's grace even when and it's God's grace for you and me too. In life, in death, in life beyond death. Several weeks ago, I attended uh, a celebration for a couple's 50th uh, wedding anniversary. And this is a couple 
whose wedding ceremony my grandpa had conducted. So there's that neat connection. And now by the wonderful providence of God, uh, their adult children and their families are part of Spry Church. When I talked with the couple at the start of the anniversary party, I learned something that to me was really meaningful. The woman shared with me that for many years, her father had struggled with depression. And she told me how much it meant to her dad and her family that my grandpa came alongside him and encouraged him the way he did. She said, she'll never forget how my, how my grandpa supported her dad and how he walked with him and with that family during some dark and difficult times. He helped to bear his burden. And for that family, that was a sign of the never-ending love of Jesus, God's grace, even when as she was telling me this, tears came to her eyes and then to mine. In Scripture, God tells us, bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's a command for each one of us. For anybody who, who, who wants to follow Jesus, this is part of what it looks like. This is an essential part. It's not optional. That we commit ourselves to bearing one another's burdens. And we're called to care for others and to love as Jesus loves. We all know people who are carrying burdens. Here's what I believe the Lord is calling us to do, each one of us. This week, reach out to someone who is hurting and show that you care. Maybe through a phone call, a card, a visit. You don't have to have all the right words. Maybe you just reach out with a hug. Maybe you just show that you're there. That person's not alone. And if you're wondering, well, I can't think of anybody. What, what should I do? Take some time and pray. Ask God, who are you calling me to reach out to this week? Who, who have you put me in a position to show compassion to? To provide maybe a listening ear? A shoulder to lean on just to be there for someone God will you show me how I can reach out to someone this week and then do it reach out and bear one another's burdens here's what I know as you do God will work through you God will work through you in ways that you can see and in ways that you can't see God will work through you in ways that can make a difference in that moment in the days and weeks ahead, and quite possibly for 50 years or more, even unto eternity. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, what a powerful promise you have given us.
that through Jesus and our faith in him, nothing can separate us from your great love. May the truth of that promise penetrate our hearts and minds and strengthen us for all that is before us. In all our ways, we trust you. God, show us how we can reach out in love and concern to those around us. And lead us to share your love with others today and this week. As Jesus taught us, now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Friends, in response to God's word to us today, I invite you to stand with me. And together, let's affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Church, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Please be seated. And now, as our worship of God continues with the giving of our gifts and tithes to Christ and his church, I invite the ushers to come forward at this time. We also ask that you take the fellowship pad, the blue pad located to the center of your row, and that you complete it and pass it to those next to you so we can greet one another by name after worship ends this morning. <laughs> 